Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Lore Party listeners, it's Abu. What you're about to hear is a discussion that was originally cut from our Bandersnatch episode, but we ended up liking the discussion so much that we wanted to share it anyway. Be sure to go back through our feed and listen to the full Bandersnatch episode. It's a really good discussion. And as always, you can connect with Lore Party on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. So without further ado. So I think ultimately, whether or not we believe Bandersnatch was a success and what we believe it could learn from video games, I think it was a really interesting experiment. And it raises a lot of questions about what this means for the future of television, essentially, for the future of streaming, for the future of this type of content. And a lot of that was part of the marketing, really, right, for Black Mirror and Bandersnatch in particular. Like, we were sold on the idea that this was going to be an experience like we've never had before on Netflix. And I think that hype led to a lot of sort of the hurt feelings and the disappointment with the final product. But it was still kind of a bold experiment. Do you guys think it signaled what the future of content might be? Or is this just like a one-off experiment that we're going to forget about in three years? Well, I mean, like the, the idea of blending interactivity and passive media is not something that is particularly new, even you know for Netflix for for anyone. Because like, I remember there was, I believe it was um, GI Joe, the cartoon back in the eighties, like had a couple points in which you know viewers could call in to like a one nine hundred number and be like, "Hey, I want this character to live instead of this character." And really, it was just a way to siphon money off of kids and their families. <laughs> but it is an interesting way of being like, "Okay, well, I want to give some sort of agency to the audience. What kind of story do they want? And they can have their direct contribution to the story. And you know, we have things like you know the Twitch plays Pokemon and you know Twitch plays Mario being like kind of fun you know dumb experiments in you know for games being like an audience contributing to actions on a screen you could very easily see like Twitch plays Life is Strange or Twitch plays The Walking Dead where the audience is the one making the decisions while the game is playing. So everyone is communally playing the same game at once. You could very easily see that happening. And that's a very interesting thing that I'm sure someone is going to be tinkering with that. And, you know, sometime we're going to be playing games communally in an interactive way. Well, I actually want to pose this question to you guys, because we're seeing things like we keep bringing up Twitch play, but that's like the most relevant example. But there are certain dark corners of the internet, maybe not even so dark, just corners of the internet, where we are seeing this sort of like community-based gameplay or audience-based interaction with some sort of content happening in real time. Another example that comes to mind is on a YouTube Shane Dawson created a documentary series, a multi-part documentary series about one of the Jake Paul or like one of whatever, one of those like YouTube influencer assholes. He did like a multi-part documentary series. And what was really interesting about that is he would release one part one 
And then he would get all this feedback, millions of views, comments, people's thoughts, Twitter reactions, uh, articles written about it. He would get all of this feedback, and that would shape how part two was edited and portrayed and what research he did for part two. And then the process would repeat. He would drop it, millions of views, more feedback, more articles, more hot takes, which influenced the next part. So it was this sort of living, breathing documentary that included people's reactions into its continuation. And I think that's really interesting because modern media, modern streaming, and the internet really allow for that. I'm curious if major companies like Netflix can make that happen and break mainstream. Because that's a bit tougher to do than just your little corner of the internet. I was going to say, think about that. This is a, you're, you're so right, because I watched that docuseries, but it captured in itself the reaction of the world to it. As far as I know, there's never been a documentary that within the documentary, they're like, and this is how this documentary is received at, you know, in 1964 or whenever it's being be made. careful leo caleb and the meta police are gonna hop in here <laughs> i know oh, gosh. i'm telling you you're getting too meta about your documentary stop making a documentary about your documentary <laughs> oh. brah <laughs> i'm hearing, I'm hearing sirens. Up the book again don't ask questions um, i wanted to i wanted to shout out there's a uh, there is a live sci-fi piece uh, or like show or series it's going into season two now i think called orbital redux And this is something I heard about on a podcast. They were kind of talking about the production of it, but it's a live streamed sci-fi like show where there's characters on a spaceship and I haven't watched it full disclosure, but ultimately the way it works is there are these kind of major plot possibilities. Either this thing happens or this thing happens later on in the episode and viewership can vote so that the actors while in the scene have to then make a decision and make a change and it's oh wow crazy it's like crazy i was listening to the podcast i was listening to they were talking about getting ready to do this and the guy the actor who's one of the main characters was like i have no idea how this is going to work like our first episode we we do in like four days and we have no idea how it's going to work and if it fails cool we're going to fail live in front of thousands and thousands of people uh, and maybe that'll be the joy of it. <laughs> but clearly, a lot of people are looking at Twitch. A lot of people are looking at YouTube and Netflix and interaction in general and the internet and how it ties the entire world together in this very accessible way. And we're asking ourselves questions about like, what is possible? I, 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 te- I tend to be optimistic about technology in that way, though. Like, I really do think, despite its shortcomings, many of which we have beaten to death on this episode so far, (laughs) despite its shortcomings. I I think Bandersnatch was a really exciting example of what interactive storytelling can be like in the mainstream on a large scale with massive production value and money behind it. And I think it signals maybe not a immediate turn. I don't think this is going to be like a Steve Jobs drops the iPhone and changes the game forever. It's not... It's definitely not Netflix dropping something and changing the game forever, but I think it's a small mainstream example of these small pockets of the internet that we have been seeing for years. And we've been seeing creators experiment with new types of interactive storytelling for years. And like you're saying, Leo, it's a way of like bringing people together. I think this type of communal watching and interacting with content 
builds like such a strong community over just a solo passive viewing of a TV show that you maybe will talk to with a coworker the next morning, you know? Yeah. And I think Bandersnatch, while it didn't succeed, obviously, in many ways, I think the one way it did succeed was bringing that to a mainstream audience. Because here we are talking about it now, and nearly every major outlet in the world that covers this type of thing has had the same type of discussions that we're having on the show today. Yeah, and like, and that's exciting. And it's the and that's the exact same thing. Where like, as much as as much as I very much do have like Bandersnatch with its face in the mud, beating it with a stick, yelling, "Why are you terrible? Why are you terrible? Why are you terrible?" Like, I do think that there's a lot of um possibility <laughs> and potential for like um where this style of storytelling can go and like that that's why I'm so passionate about this because what this medium can be is amazing and if we go back in time and we play the ET video game I think we can all agree that video games have come a long way and I think <laughs> if right we... it took video games a long time to get what? to where they are now <laughs> right and Bandersnatch is definitely the first in what is Probably going to be a long chain of experiments in the same vein. Yeah. And I even, I did a quick Google search. The overall, or I did a quick web search. The overall response to Bandersnatch is positive. Like its ratings are between seven oh, yeah. out of 10 and nine out of 10 across so many websites. And Metacritic puts it at 61. Uh, but overall, a lot of people seem to like it. And because of that, I think we're going to continue seeing it. And I'm really happy that the first thing that Netflix put out in this way, discounting the Minecraft thing, <laughs> was this enjoyable for this many people. Because it means that it really is, hopefully, all uphill from here. I can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> Reluctantly. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. Let us know if this experiment we're trying with SideQuest is something you want to hear more of. Do you want to hear more about the mechanics of storytelling? And would you want us to venture outside of the realm of video games into potentially things like comic books or television or movies? Or would you rather we stick to what we do best, video games? <laughs>